Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. So ultimately it comes down to this. The way that we have got to reach people is, is changing. The gospel never changes, but the methods have to. You get up and you put your clothes on and you get ready and you go out to your mission every day. You are the connection. We hope you find this message encouraging. Well, last week I started working on a series that we're going to look at here at the first of the year. I always try to take that time and um, kind of share with you what I feel like the Lord's put on my heart. And the direction that I think we need to head for, for the, the new year. As I've stated before, I don't think the Lord is, is as focused on January 1 being a big turning point like we are. We as human beings, we tra- you know, when the calendar changes, we're like, woo, it's a new year. Everything's fresh, just a clean slate. And we want to do something. We all make these resolutions. We're going to lose weight. We're going to eat better. We're going to do all these things. And uh, if you've ever talked to anybody that goes to the gym... Uh, they'll tell you that January brings in all kinds of people, and they say, who are these people? They've never been here before, but they say by January 31st, they're gone, and you don't have to wait for the machines anymore and all that good stuff. So here's the thing. We're kind of, sometimes we're a little slow on the follow-through. Sometimes we don't follow through with everything that we feel like we need to do, but this year I feel like that the Lord wanted me to, he reminded me of the Old Testament prophet that, he, the Lord was giving him a vision. He said, write this down and make it simple enough. Write it on the wall to where even a runner can come by running full on and read it and understand it. And so that's what I looked at for the first of the year is we need a, a mission statement, if you will. One that we can understand, one that we can run at full blast and tell what it is, and know what it is, put that in our hearts, and last week I shared that with you. And it is to know him, to love him, and to make him known, okay? You're going to hear that a lot this year, probably ad nauseum, at least ad infinitum. So to know him, to love him, and to make him known. That is our mission statement for 2018. That is our job number one. Uh, to, to go out and let this world see that we know him, we love him, and that we want to make him known. Now, how do we do that? That's what we looked at. Number one is our values, and I shared this last week, uh, the sermon last week. I, I had several people say might be the best sermon that I ever preached. So if you want to go catch up on that, go to the Facebook page, go to YouTube. But if you weren't here, you can catch up on that. But the values that we talked about last week are the things that we're going to show and how we walk and how we talk and all the things. How do we value these things? Uh, We're going to make it a part of our life. Number one, we value a strong personal relationship with God, our strong personal relationship with God. We value the family of God. We value the word of God. We value personal integrity. In other words, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And we value the souls of lost people. And last week, we took at the end of the service, we took an opportunity and time to write down the name of one or two or how many ever people you wrote down on your little piece of paper, and we put them, the Lord said, uh, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, so we got a fishbowl, and we've got names of people in here that we're going to pray over most every Sunday. And these are people that need to know the Lord, that we feel like are lost and are far from God. And so if you want to at the end of today's service, add to that, that's fine. 
But here's what we're going to do to start things off this morning. We're going to pray over this. Because why? We value the souls of lost people. So extend your hand this way. And we're going to just pray over these people, these names of these people. And we're going to pray that in 2018, the Lord would work things out for them to come to know him, to love him, and to begin to make him known. Amen? So, Father, right now, this, this, uh, this is about a third full, and it needs to be running over full. Because, Lord, there's lots of people out there that need to know you. But, Lord, we are concerned about these people. These are people that we know, people that we might work with, people that we might go to school with, people that, that we think just by their actions, and, Lord, you said you'd know the tree by its fruit. Lord, they're not showing the fruit of a relationship with you, so we are assuming they need to be in relationship with you. And we are just asking you that you would touch them. That you would let somebody, it might be us, might be somebody else, that you would let someone intersect their life that would share that good news with them and bring them into that saving relationship with you. Lord, there's no greater thing that can happen to a human being than to begin to know you and to love you. So, Lord, we're praying that you would work things on their behalf. We're praying good things their way. We're praying that you would just, just do an awesome work in their lives. And we thank you, Lord, as we add to this this year. We pray for those names that aren't even in here yet. We're just praying that you would reach them as well. And we thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. I believe that the prayer of agreement works, and I have seen this work in the past. So we are going to pray over those regularly. And um, one of the things that I think we've got to do, and uh, I shared it last week, we've got the, the whole series is called Making a Connection. And here's the deal. There is a connection to be made between living life on this earth and having a relationship with God. There's also got to be the connection that's between us as believers there's the connection between making what we read in the Bible come to life. And so it's, it's about worshiping God, it's about fellowship with one another, and it's about reaching those that are far from God. We are the people that are alive in such a time as this. See, God knew when we were going to live. God knew the times that we would face. And he knew the challenges of today, as I shared with you just a little bit last week. One of the things that's changed... And one of the things that kind of rang my bell on this, I was listening to a podcast. I listened to a lot of church leadership podcasts and things like this. And there was a guy that had a podcast in the last month or so as uh, the new year was approaching. And he said, here are the things that are different between 2008 and 2018. And every one of them, I put a check mark by one of those things is, is that we have reached a, a point in history that we're going to, if we live long enough and the Lord tarries, we're going to reach this point where we're going to look back and say there was a turning point about 2010, 2015. Some people call it the postmodern era. Some people call it the post-church era. And realistically, we have to, we cannot put our heads in the sand. We have to understand the day and the time in which we live. As I shared last week, the statistic is that 20 years ago, by and large, if you polled people in the United States, there would be 90% of them that would express a church affiliation. Okay? This guy called them CEOs. A whole lot of them were. That's Christmas and Easter only. Okay? 
But if somebody died, they needed a wedding performed, they needed some spiritual guidance, they would say, this is the place I'm going to go. This is the connection that I'm going to make. They might only come on Easter, they might only come on Christmas, or one or the other of those, but by and large, they expressed a church affiliation. It might have been social, it might have been business connection, You know, there used to be a lot of people, if you were going to be in business, you went to church because that's where you could hand out a lot of cards. If you were in the real estate business, banking business, any kind of that where you're, where you're dealing with a lot of people, that was what you did. That was part of your Facebook before Facebook came in. (laughs) It was your LinkedIn before LinkedIn came along. And you went to church mainly socially, mainly culturally because it was the right thing to do. That was about 90%, 20, 25 years ago. Now, if you did that same poll, in the United States, roughly 25% of the population of the United States says, yes, I have a church affiliation. So that percentage in between, what has happened to them? They have fallen into the gap that's called the nuns. No, not the ones that wear the funny hats. The N-O-N-E's. No church affiliation. If do you have a church affiliation, none would be the box that they would check. We've blown it. Because we haven't stayed culturally relevant. By and large, those people in between would say, the reason I don't attend a church and the reason I don't have a church affiliation is it's no longer relevant to my life. And as I expressed last week, we have to become the relevance. If people say church in general is not relevant to me, then what do we have to do? What is our job? Ours is to be the go-between, to become the relevance between what some people see as an archaic book full of tales and mysteries and all kinds of stuff, that we have to take that and take it into the real world and help them to see that there is all kinds of relevance in their life. Our job, mine, yours, 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 mine. It's our job to do that. So that's a whole bunch about what I'm going to be all about, especially on Sunday mornings for a while, is how do we do that? Because it's a big job. And the thing that we have to realize is that there's all kinds of changes that have to come about to become relevant again, to help people to see the relevance of church and why why we welcome them in here. But by and large, right now, if we could do the greatest thing on earth in here, we could have all kinds of stuff. We can feed them. We can have games for the kids. We can do all kinds of stuff. And by and large, that percentage in between 90 and 25 is not going to come. We've got to take it out there and help them to see the relevance and to bring them into that relationship with God that they're going to say, I cannot live without that. Because here's the thing, most of us in here this Sunday morning would say, I don't know how people live without God. I've been, I've been in hospital emergency rooms. I've been in funeral homes waiting to go into a visitation. I have been with families that have suffered breakups and all kinds of stuff. And one of the things that echoes over and over and over and over again is people saying, I just don't understand how people without God could get through this. So that tells us there's a relevance. But these people see it as irrelevant. So we need to get out here and begin to express what it is. Because see, right now they're making excuses. 
Oh, it's not relevant. Oh, I don't want to go and do that. Oh, I've got other things going on. It's, it's a whole lot of society and culture today. It's that, uh, anybody ever heard of FOMO? No, I didn't say something bad there. FOMO is fear of missing out. One of the things that you run into today that we never dealt with before is the fear of missing out. Nobody will commit to do anything. Why? Because we're three weeks out and there might be something awesome happen between now and then. So I'm not going to put my name on a sign-up sheet. I'm not going to tell them I'm going to come to that till the day before and nothing else has happened in between. How do we deal with that? We're going to talk about it. We're going to look at it in depth. All the things that I think we can do to become relevant. Again, they're not going to come in here. We can be doing the greatest thing that ever happened. And they will not come. Why? Because they see it as irrelevant. So what we've got to do is take it out there. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I I went through the whole song last week. I'm not going to do it this week. Our light has to shine not only in here on Sunday morning, but brighter out there. And see, here's the thing. Everybody, I think, I think we tend to judge ourselves. We look at people in the Bible and say, oh, I, I wish I could have faith like Abraham. I wish I could have a heart after worship like David did. You look at those people. They weren't perfect. We tend to put them up on this pedestal and say, oh, one day I'll be like them. And again... You don't want to be like them. You already are. Some of you are actually a little step ahead. David, who we tend to look at as a hero in the faith, he was an adulterer and a murderer to try to cover it up. Now, if you're sitting here and you committed adultery and you committed murder to to cover it up, come up after the service and we'll pray. We'll get through this. I'm not throwing rocks at you, but I'm just saying sometimes we tend to hold up these heroes in the faith. Oh, I'd do something if I could be like them. You already are. I already am. And sometimes we we just have to realize God's calling us, warts and all, to get out here and do something for the kingdom in such a time as this. Not later down the line. Not when we got this all down pat. I have shared with you my story so many times. When I first came to know the Lord, I was an adult. I was a practicing sinner and getting pretty good at it. And I kept thinking, I can't wait to read through my Bible. And I will get this thing down pat. And boy, I will just be ready. And the more I read, the more I realized I'll never be ready. The more I realized I'll never get it just right. I will never be perfect short of that day when the Lord appears in that eastern sky and parts the clouds and carries us away. The thing that we got to do, though, is strive toward that and do our very best every day. And that means getting out and doing what God called us to do. To know him, to love him, and to make him known. David and all of his perfections, if you thought us throwing rocks really hard at David... He messed up, but guess what? He still had a heart after God. And whenever that sin came to his attention, he he took care of business. I don't believe it has to be this big production. Whenever we realize we've sinned, you know what you got to do? 
First John chapter 1, verse 9, if we'll confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Stop where you are and say, oh, dear God, I just realized what I did. And I realized that I broke your heart. Would you forgive me? Would you renew that salvation in me? Would you just let me realize how precious my relationship is with you? And God, would you please forgive me? It can't be lip service. It's got to be heartfelt. But you know what? His word is true, and if we'll confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive it and go one step further and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're never going to be perfect. Never, we, we can never wait for that day whenever, oh, I've got this down pat. Because I've dug deep, I've read, I don't know how many times I've been through that Bible, I don't know how many Bible studies I've done, and the thing that I realize is I still don't have it down pat. Amen? And you never will either. But let's keep on keeping on, let's do what we can, let's strive toward that perfection, let's keep doing what God called us to do, and not be ashamed of that good news. Because what we've got to do is be the relevance. We've got to carry it out of here. So, all that said, what I'm going to be working on in the next few weeks, and before you draw up in a knot and saying, oh, my Lord, he's just in the introduction and we're going to be here all day. I, I promise you, Miss Angie will not let that happen. Amen? She's, she's ready. She'll flip them airport lights on, tell me to land that plane in a heartbeat. But what we've got to do is make the connection. Making the connection. And so what, what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks is how do we ultimately take it from here to out there? How do we get from where we're at to where God wants us to be? And number one is we've got to communicate the word. Now some people would say, oh, that sounds pretty boring. It's really not. I had somebody, and I don't remember who it was, came up to me, and they were, they were reading their Bible through for one of the first times. And they came up to me and said in the last couple of weeks, said, this is absolutely, said, this wouldn't be allowed on TV if they had tried to make a movie out of it. Amen? This thing is chock full of all kind of conflict, uh, backstabbing, drama, sex, all that. Did they say sex? Yes, I said sex. All kinds of stuff. And if they made it a literal movie of everything that happens in that book, I am sure it would be rated R, at least, if not further. See, here's the thing. So many people see this as some archaic collection of stories that have no relevance in their life, no connection there. So what we've got to do is take it out to them. And, and some people say, well, it's just a big list of don'ts. And no, it's not. It's a big list of do's, all the things that God wants us to do. There's a few don'ts in there, but by and large, what it amounts to is it's God expressing to us how he wants us to live so that we can have the very best that he planned for us. And so many times what we do is we make it a big list of don'ts and we go out and we start condemning people and you can't be doing this, you can't be doing that. Anybody ever read, it was an old novel, not necessarily a spiritual one at that. Anybody ever read Tobacco Road? And you remember Bessie in that story? She was a woman preacher. And Bessie 
going to get her a young man and make him a preacher so that she wouldn't have to do all the preaching. And his name was Dude. And it was way before Dude was popular. Just say, Dude. So Dude was a young guy, and she's going to make him a preacher. And she told him, said, what you got to do is you got to figure out something that you're again. You can't be for something. You got to be again something. And the whole thing was that was what she saw as preaching. You got to be against something. And you know what? What we need to be is for something. People, when we go out into this world and we work our day to day or we're, we're at the bank or we're at Walmart, people need to know what we're for, not what we're against. Amen? Because if we go in there with, I'm against this and I'm against that. I, 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 I used to go to church with a guy that's a different church. And he was always chipping on the young people. I don't like how they dress. I don't like their music. I don't like the, uh, their hair's too long. And that goes with the, with the wind there. Their hair can be too short and then it can be too long within two weeks because those styles change. And he was always against something. He was always, I don't like how they're blah, 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 blah. And so, he would always come in and talk to me. We need to get a hold of these young people because I don't like that. Da, 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 da. One day the Lord just gave me something to do. And I saw him coming into the church office. So I jump up and I grab my coat and I'm fixing it like I'm going out the door. And I said, hey, come go with me. I'm, I'm going to talk to somebody about coming to church. And he said, okay, because he was always all about that. He said, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. And so I get out the door, just about to get in my vehicle, said, oh, but, but, but wait, there's one thing I need to tell you before you get there. I said, they've heard you, heard, heard the kind of music you like, and they don't like it. Okay. So he goes to get in. I said, well, but wait, wait, wait. I said, and he used to preach some, and I said, they've heard you preach, and they don't like the way you preach. Well, okay. And, uh. I went on and I said, oh, but one more thing. I said, they don't like the way you dress either. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, finally, the light bulb comes on. I said, that's exactly what you're doing to all these people that you're going out there and telling them you don't like their music. You don't like how they dress. You don't like how they talk. You don't like how they act. Hey, let's get the, let's get the fish in the boat before we start dressing them. Amen. When we go out there into this world, what we've got to realize is it's just like rowing out in the middle of the lake. And you know what? There's not a lot of people fishing anymore. So it's wide open. But if we pick that fish up and we say, oh, well, you still got the scales on. Or you, you smell like a fish. And we throw it back in. Then guess what? We missed out the whole point on what fishing is about. We're going to go out into this world, and you know what we're going to encounter? We're going to encounter some people that aren't doing it just right. We're going to encounter some people that they may have some habits that we don't like. They may drink. They may do drugs. They may do all kinds of stuff that we wouldn't do. They may do all kinds. Of, it's like I've, I've told the story before. There was a guy one time that, a long story, but man, he stunk. We may go out and encounter somebody that stinks. And you know what? God loves him just as much as he does with our cologne and perfume on. 
So what we've got to do is take it out there and realize that the relevance is Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for your life. You know what? If we'll do that, if we'll know him, love him, and make him known, God will take care of all the rest of that stuff. Amen? It's about loving people, showing the love of God, regardless of where they're at, what they're doing. They might be laying in the gutter, drunker than Cootie Brown having peed on themselves. You think Jesus don't love them? You think Jesus didn't want us to give them a hand up? I'm just telling you, we get out here and it's so easy to love people that look like us, act like us, smell like us. And God says, I love everybody. And the only thing I want you to be is that voice crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the path of the Lord. And if we'll do that, if we'll know him, love him, and make him known, you know what? Jesus will take care of all that other junk that's going on. To know him, to love him, and to make him known. It's our job to go out there and give them that good news. That's the only way they're going to get it. It's the only way that is to go out and reach people where they're at. It, 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 again, it's, it's letting people know that we're for them, not against them. That we are for the Lord, that we're for them, and, and, and we're trying to make that connection. Ephesians, Paul says that we have been made the ministers of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? What does it mean when a couple reconciles? It means they're putting it back together. It means they put aside all that junk and they're putting it back together. And God says, I have made you the ministers of reconciliation between God and man. Every time we go out in this world, every time we go to work, every time we're on the job or, or eating out or anything, we've got to begin to say, I wonder if that person needs to be reconciled to God. Wonder if that person's in a in a right relationship with God. And you know it doesn't take very long, and yes, sometimes it makes us uncomfortable. I won't ask for a show of hands, but sometimes we get uncomfortable sharing our faith. But as I said last week, I'd a whole lot rather me be uncomfortable for ten seconds while I'm asking somebody about their relationship with the Lord, or them be uncomfortable for twenty seconds while they're answering me than to be uncomfortable for eternity without God. So ultimately, it comes down to this. The way that we have got to reach people is, is changing. The gospel never changes, but the methods have to. People are not going to come in here and hear a gospel presentation. People are not going to hear a sermon preached. They are not going to come and listen to our good worship. They are not going to come in here and do much of anything. Yes, we can do some things and reach some. We can do some dramas. We can do some worship services. We can do egg hunts and, and, and fellowships and feed people and watch the kids play games and all that kind of stuff. And we might win some. But ultimately, it comes down to this. The church goes out every day. You mean we, we meet here and we go out every day? 
No, you get up and you put your clothes on and you get ready and you go out to your mission field every day. You're the connection. You are the connection. And so what we've got to do is be ready. And, and again, not, about, not talking about what we're against, but what we're for. How we're for them and how we're for the Lord and how we're for each other in here. Our relationships with one another speak a louder witness than anything. And when we go out and we talk about, Caitlin just popped in my mind. You put a Facebook post on maybe a month or two ago. And you said, I just got to take a minute and talk about my church. Some of us wouldn't be comfortable doing that and putting that out there like that. But you know what? That was a, that was a loud witness. Because somebody, I'll guarantee you, somebody that's your friend on Facebook read that. They're far from God. And they're saying, well, I wonder if I could get that. Yes, you can. So what we've got to do in whatever way, again, some of us are wired high voltage. Some of us are low voltage. Caitlin's a little higher voltage than some. And their family said. <laughs> I mean, really, the, the two that I'm sitting here looking at, Brenda in front of Caitlin, that's, that's the antithesis of one another. Brenda, Brenda's 12 volt and, and Caitlin's 240 volt. But it doesn't make one right and the other one wrong because there's some that that 240 volt might not win, but the 12 volt would. 12 volt takes a little longer to work, but it works. 240 is going to get in there and bada boom, bada bing. It either did or it didn't. What I'm telling you is every one of us, every one of us in 2018 has a job to do. And that is to get out there to know him, to love him, and to make him known.